Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Here's a picture of an event that happened in the United Kingdom not that long ago, about four weeks ago now. And I, I don't know, it's the coronation of King Charles III. And I don't know how, how many of you watched it. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, most of you, most of you. And, I, and I'm sure many of you watched it online as well, because apparently about 20 million people watched it uh, live. But a question came across my mind. Um, what is the kingdom of King Charles III? What countries does King Charles III have authority to rule and reign over? Does anybody know? None. None? None? That's a a good... um, Well, what is he the head of state over? And how many countries is the head of state? And to be frank, I had absolutely no idea. So I, I, I looked it up, and I found this map of the world. And the dark blue countries are the ones which he is head of state, which he is the authority to rule and reign over. Um, And apparently it's the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and 14 Commonwealth states, which sounds like he's got a lot of authority and a lot of power. But when his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, was crowned queen... In 1953, she was queen over not just those dark blue countries, but those turquoise countries as well. She was queen over 32 Commonwealth states, which only goes to show that the monarchy of the British kingdoms is getting smaller with time. Now, the Bible tells us that our God is also a king, And he is a kingdom that he rules and reigns over. But his kingdom isn't like a physical kingdom, like the ones of King Charles that you can locate on a map. No, his kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. A spiritual kingdom where his authority and his power is so much far above every other ruler on this earth, be they angelic or be they human, that his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, Jesus tells us that when he's asked, what's the kingdom of God? He says, well, it's not a place over here or over there, but the kingdom of God is within you. And the thing about the kingdom of God in the Bible is that God wants to partner with us in advancing his kingdom. And He does that through giving us his authority and his power and placing it within us. When the New Testament talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, it's referring to the effect that that the power and the authority of God has over us uh, and our hearts through the, uh, the authority of the Holy Spirit within us. And it's all about partnership. God, this partnership with us To advance his kingdom through his authority and his power is so important to God that it's actually the central theme of Jesus' entire earthly ministry. Jesus came to earth to 
to set up and establish his kingdom. Everything about Jesus' ministry is to do with his kingdom. The way he lived his life is to do with his kingdom. The way, his healing is to do with his kingdom. His teaching is to do with his kingdom. His death is to do with bringing us into his kingdom. His resurrection is to do with us coming into his kingdom. And having established his kingdom on this earth, Jesus ascends and then gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can advance his kingdom in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus does that, he wants to advance his kingdom through us and in us. It's so important to God that he wants it to be important to us as well. That's why Jesus tells us that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. And when he's doing that, what he's asking for us to do is to have an eternal kingdom mindset that seeks to bring down that final fulfillment of God's kingdom, which will come when Jesus comes again. You see, the kingdom of God isn't like the kingdom of King Charles which, and the English monarchs, which is getting smaller in size. It's an ever-advancing kingdom. It's a kingdom that has to advance because the authority and power of God, the Holy Spirit, is right behind it. El Shaddai himself is behind it. It's not a human being that's decreeing things. It's God himself that's making the authority. And he wants to use us to do it. And so... If Jesus says, look, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, it's have that internal kingdom mindset that basically says, I'm bringing down this final fulfillment of God's kingdom onto this earth right now. I'm praying to bring down heaven onto earth right now in my situations. Where I live and in my street and in my family and in my workplace or wherever. And it's, it's basically saying, Jesus, I am going to put your kingdom first above everything else. Yes, it's about bringing down the God's kingdom now but, and saying, God, yeah, why don't you come soon, Lord Jesus? Why don't you bring the fulfillment of your kingdom down to earth now? Absolutely. And it's also about saying, Jesus, I'd love to be in your presence. I'd love to be with you in the perfection of heaven, far away from all the problems and, and fallenness and brokenness of this world. Absolutely. But it's much, much more than that. It's saying, Jesus, I'm going to play my part in bringing down your kingdom power, your kingdom authority, your kingdom majesty onto this situation that's in my home, in my family, in my workplace right now, until it comes under the authority of God. And that involves what we heard a few weeks ago. It involves pushing. Do you remember we, we, we got like this and we pushed? Some of those of you who were there. It involves pushing until something happens until you see God's kingdom start to move. It involves praying and not giving up on praying until God's kingdom starts to be moved in your family and in your workplace. It involves proclaiming God's word over the situations that you face in your family and in your workplace. And it involves, it involves planting seeds and keep on planting seeds and not giving up 
And it involves passion. Um, you know, you can't just say, oh, you know, nothing's happening. So what's the point? But that's not what Jesus did. You see, Jesus took hold of the authority and power that he had and the tasks that God gave him to do to complete the, the kingdom tasks in his earth. And he wouldn't let go until he fulfilled them all. And that's what we're called to do. I, I, I love, um, you know, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. has It can be interpreted in several ways, actually. It's quite a difficult verse. Uh, but one of the, I, I like one of the um, modern paraphrased versions of it, and it puts it this way: From the moment John stopped, uh, stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of God's kingdom is bursting forth, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. And I love that expression: passionate people have taken hold of its power, because what it, it refers to me is this picture of Jacob in, in uh, Genesis 32, where he wrestles with God, and he says, "God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me." And when Jesus says to us, "Seek first the kingdom of God," it's like I, I feel he's saying to us, "Guys, I want you to be like Jacob. Uh, like um, uh, Jacob, I want you to take hold of the authority and the power that I've given you in the Holy Spirit to change the situations around you and to wrestle with me and to wrestle with me in prayer until something happens." You see. It's all about the authority and the power that God has over us. It means that we can use that authority and power over our situations. But maybe you're wondering, you know something, what is God's authority and power? And why is it so important to me that Jesus wants me to put it first in my life? Because after all, King Charles' authority and power, but doesn't make much difference to my life. Well, let's take a look at that. So here are two people who have authority and power to rule over us as citizens of the United Kingdom. But which one of these do you think has the greater influence on how we live our day-to-day -day lives? Is it King Charles III or is it the Prime Minister? Prime Minister, yeah, yeah. And the reason for that <clears throat> is that in the United Kingdom, we have a constitutional monarchy in which King Charles might be king sitting on a throne, but the real authority and the real power to rule the nation lies with the parliament of the people. But it wasn't always like that in England. From 1066 until 1648... England was ruled by absolute monarchs who had absolute authority and absolute power to rule the nation. In an absolute monarchy, what the king says goes. In an absolute monarchy, the king's word is final. And the trouble was, in the early 1600s, the kings of England thought, well, we have what's called the divine right of kings. We've got God-given authority to rule. But the trouble was they didn't submit their authority to rule under God's rule. 
And as a result, what happened was rebellion, civil war, the defeat of the absolute monarchy, and the establishment of a constitutional monarchy that we've had in this nation for the last 375 years. But guys, that can influence how we think of God as king. We think, is he that powerful? Has he really got authority? Our King Jesus is not a constitutional monarch like King Charles III, who sits on a throne and without any authority or power to rule. Our King Jesus is an absolute monarch who's got absolute authority to rule and reign. When, as an absolute monarch, whatever our God says gets done. But also, as an absolute monarch, he isn't like the, the monarchs of the 1600s who actually abuse their authority and power for their own ends. Rather, our God is a God who uses his authority and his power to bless us, his people. And he is, doesn't take from us, he gives to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if God did not hold back from giving his son, how much more will he in Christ give us all things? So you see, guys, that God's kingdom is such that he wants us to let him rule and reign over our hearts and over our lives. Because the more he does that, the more he can bless us with giving us back the authority and the power and the absolute wonder that is his kingdom. So, you see, you might be wondering, what is God's authority and what is God's power? Well, God's authority is his ability is his legal right to rule and reign over us. And his power is his strength. But what we find in the Bible is that God tends to do things almost always through his absolute authority rather than through his absolute power. And as an absolute king, he could, he could force us. He could force us to do whatever he wants us to do. He could force his will to be done in this earth and it would be done. But that wouldn't be in keeping with who God is. That would be, well, that would be authoritarian. It wouldn't be God's authority. That would be control. It wouldn't be God's love. That would be dictatorship. It wouldn't be God's partnership. And that's not how he works. You see, God works in this world through his authority. When he says in Zechariah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He's saying, look, guys, I work through my authority. But how does he work through his authority? Well, what we see in the Bible is that he tends to work through the absolute authority of his spoken word. That's the crux of it. He uses his spoken word. And what his, when God speaks... His words carry such authority that things in, be they physical things or be they spiritual things, they move at the response of his word. The way I look at it simplistically is that 
as God speaks forth, the absolute authority of his word sets in motion the absolute power such that his will gets done in that situation. And it's, that's one of the reasons why Jesus is called the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And in the beginning, the, Jesus, the word, speaks and things come into being. It's the authority of God's word. It's the absolute authority of God's word sets things motion in both the physical realm and the spiritual realm. And you see it, um, you know, in, in Romans 4, 7, uh, basically it says, I am the God who calls the things that are not as though they were. So I'm the God who speaks things out. And as I speak things out, the absolute authority of what I speak sets things in motion that don't yet exist. So we see it in creation when Jesus proclaims, let there be, planets are created, stars are created, humans are created, this earth is created. We see it when Jesus is on this earth in his ministry. He speaks the authority, not of human words. He says, the words I speak aren't my own words, they're the words the Father gives me to speak. And the words that the Father gives him to speak have such authority that everybody is just stunned. They basically turn around and say, who is this who speaks with such authority? And with the authority of Jesus' words to speak, the dead rise, he commands, Lazarus come forth, and the dead rise. Sickness goes, demons go. It's the authority, it's the power behind God's word. And we see it also, you know, in Isaiah, where basically God says, look, every word that comes out of my mouth is not going to come back to me void, but it's going to achieve that which I wish it to accomplish. And we see it also in Hebrews chapter 1, where it says that Jesus, by the authority of his word, holds the whole universe together, the physical universe, the spiritual universe. Everything is held together by the authority of his words. So what does this mean for us? Well, frankly, it means what Rick told us last week. It says, it is written that is the power and the authority. It is written. It means that we take that written word of God, that Logos word of God, and we say, Jesus, through the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal this word to me for this situation that I'm facing in my family, this situation in my workplace, this situation in my health, this situation. Lord, give me the word. Give me the word. And Lord, would you breathe into that word? Would you quicken it? As uh, he said last, Rick said last week, would you quicken it? Would you make it alive for me? Would you make it a Rima word? That's word I know that's from you. The word that's got the authority and the power in the spiritual realms to move things. So that when I speak this word over my situation, things will move. Demons will move. Spirit will move. Sickness will move. Things will happen because it's the authority of God's word that makes things happen. And that's what we have to do. And that's how we can advance God's kingdom. And that's how we can bring things, God's kingdom, into, this, into our, our little sphere of action. We declare God's word and we believe it's going to happen. It's, it's not that we say, oh, so many times we say, Jesus, it would be so nice if you got this situation sorted. Well, the problem is that's not how you see it done in the Bible, is it? 
Jesus says, he doesn't say, hey, I'll do everything. He sends out the 12 and he sends out the 72 and he sends out those after Pentecost. He says, I've given you the authority and the power by my spirit to do it. So you go and do it in my name. You declare, you heal the sick, you bring situations, you get rid of the demons because I have given you the authority. It's not us speaking. It's not our words. It's the authority of God's word. It's not us saying, you know something, oh, it would be lovely, Lord, just for you to do it. No, God's saying, I've given you the authority to do it. Go and do it. Go and proclaim it over your situation. And yet, so many of us think, you know, some this is fine for, for those who are super spiritual, those who spend hours on their knees in prayer, and those who have been to Bible college and whatever. But I've got a busy family life, and I've got a busy work schedule, and I've got a hectic life, <laughs> and is it for me? Have I got the authority that Jesus says I have? Here's another picture. And there's King Charles III, but there's a lady in the picture as well. Who's the lady? Hmm. Nobody's, too, nobody's too keen to mention. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, well... So, it's Camilla, right? And you might wonder, as I did, as what does Camilla actually do? What is her role? So I looked it up on the official royal website, and it says this, the Queen supports her husband, in the, uh, His Majesty the King, in carrying out the work and duties of his kingdom. You know what's interesting, I find really interesting, is that Camilla wasn't born into royalty. Camilla has no legal birthright or authority to carry out any royal duties whatsoever. But she, the king, asked her to be his bride. And as the bride of the king, she has been given all the authority and all the power that she needs to support the king in carrying out the duties of his kingdom. And isn't that the same with us? Isn't that the same with us? We really have no rights at all to do anything in the spiritual realm. But we are the bride of the king of King Jesus. And as the bride of King Jesus, we have been given direct, unlimited, 24-7 access to all the authority and all the power that we need to support Jesus in doing his kingdom rule and reign. And it's the way it's always meant to be, to be frank. Um, Jesus always wanted us humans to be to support him in ruling and reigning over this world. We see it, we see it in, in Genesis chapter one at the very beginning, where in Gen- verse twenty-eight, where God says to Adam, to mankind, "Look, guys, I'm giving you the authority to support me in ruling and reigning over this 
world. I want you to take authority over everything. And interestingly, that was also over the serpents. But in Genesis chapter 3, we humans fall for the temptation of the devil to rebel against God's authority. And in rebelling, choosing to rebel against God's authority over our own lives, we hand, not only hand to the devil the authority to rule over the world, but we hand to the devil the authority to rule over us as well. Yet it's really important, guys, because you know, the devil wants us to think, oh, man, he's so powerful, you know, I can't do anything about it. Really, the devil is just a created being. He never actually acquires all authority over the entire world. As a created being, all he is is the leader of the opposition, of the rebellion against God's authority. So the only real authority he has is everything that is under his authority, is everything that rebels against God's authority. So the only authority he's had is as the leader of the rebellion against God's authority. But our God has always been, always is, and always will be the supreme king who's got authority over everything else. Our God is in total control of everything that happens. He knows what's going to happen and he does it. He brings it around to his kingdom purposes. And the thing which I find amazing is our God chooses to have a remnant of people. He always has a remnant of people who, though not perfect, and though at times submitting to the rebellion of the devil against God's authority, have a heart that longs to be under God's authority. And to that remnant people, God says, I want to give back to you the authority to rule and reign over this world that the devil stole from you. So what we see is that Jesus comes to this earth as a human being, lives the perfect human life of total submission to God in absolutely every aspect of his life. And not only total submission to God, but total refusal to submit to any temptation that you and I could ever face to come under the devil's authority. And having totally submitted to God's authority and the perfection of, of life under God's authority, God gives to Jesus all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And what does Jesus choose to do? He chooses to share it with his bride and he says, and I give it to you. I give you access to all the power and resources of heaven. I give you access to everything that you need to do to bring those things under your sphere of influence under God's kingdom, rule and reign. And so, you see, you see, Jesus has given us the divine right of kings the divine right of the king of kings. He's given us the authority to act on his behalf. We're not to be like those kings of England who abused the authority and said, God, I want you to do it this way. You know, come on, guys. It's a case of Jesus, I am submitted to 
to your authority in my life. And the more that I submit to your authority in my life, the more that you can bless me. It's a principle of sowing and reaping. The more that we let God rule over our thoughts, our minds, our hearts, our actions, our words, our, our lives, the more God can bless us. The more we sow into God's kingdom by letting him rule over our lives, the more he can bless us, bless those around us, bless the world, and in that way the kingdom of God grows. And Jesus has seated us on the heavenly thrones far above all powers and principalities. Yeah, okay, physically we're sitting here this morning. But spiritually, we're already seated on the heavenly thrones in Jesus, in, in with Jesus' presence. And he's giving us the authority to rule and reign over our spiritual territories, in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, in our streets, in our nations, where we are. And he's saying, will you use the authority I've given you to bring those things which are not the way they should be under my rule and reign? Will you use the absolute authority of the word I've given you, of my words and my scriptures that I've given you, to bring them, everything that is not currently under God's rule and reign, to be under God's rule and reign? Those things which are not as they should be, to be as they should to be as they will be at the final fulfillment of God's kingdom when he comes, when Jesus comes again. But will you do it now? Don't wait till I come again. Don't wait for me to have to do it when I come again. Will you do it now? Will you bring your family under my authority? Those people who are under the rebellion of the devil, will you pray in and keep these words praying and keep praying until something happens? Will you declare my words over the family? Will you declare my scriptures over the family? Will you keep praying them in? Don't just read them and say, very nice. Be great if it happened. No, I'm going to declare it. I'm going to pray it in. I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to declare it day after day after day after day. And I'm going to pray it. And I'm not going to pray words. What's the good of us praying little words like, oh, it would be very nice, God, if you did that? Because those are human words. Do you think the devil's going to move in response to that? Do you think the devil's going to be responsible? He's going to say, ooh, if we... Pray our own words. It's like the like sons of Sceva in, in Acts 19. Oh, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? You know, if we pray our own words, got no authority, ain't going to do anything. Pray the word of God into the situation. Pray that, look, teach a child in the way it will go, and when it is old, it will not depart from it. And it mightn't see it. It mightn't be what I see at present. It might be even happen after I'm dead. It doesn't matter. I'm going to pray in him. I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to trust in it. And I'm going to say, yes, as I pray those words in and as I proclaim them, they are having an effect in the spiritual realm. I mightn't see it yet in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, the demons are moving. In the spiritual realm, the angels are working. It's like uh, Daniel who prayed, and 21 days later, he didn't see it, but 21 days later, yeah, man, you got your answer. 
You see, pray and keep praying. Pray the word and keep going. Push, 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 push. Don't give up. Persevere. Be passionate. Pray in the word. And then trust that God is doing something. It mightn't be the way you want it. It probably won't do it the way you want it. And he certainly won't do it in the time scale that you want it, which is always yesterday. But he'll do it his way and he'll bring his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And in that way, we have advanced his kingdom. So he tells us to go and advance his kingdom. And guys, will you find that Logos word? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and convert it into a Rima word. And then will you go in the, in the way that he wants you to go? Will you pray it in? Pray it in. Pray it in. Pray it over your family. Pray it over your workplace. Pray it over the nation. Pray it over the prime minister. Pray it over the king. Until something happens. And not give up. <laughs>